Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're like me, you probably had to do something hard today. I mean, personally, I hate washing out socks. That's why we made Geico.com so exceedingly easy. Easy to see how much you could save on car insurance. Easy to review and update your policy. Change of address. Just a few clicks and you're done. Visit Geico.com today. Because life is hard enough. I mean, I don't even wear socks.
man, that's a great way to get a Sunday show going. Some blessed death with Omen of Fate. Tommy, you there? Hey, what's going on? What's going on there? Eh, not too much, not too much. Crazy weather this week. I know, the whole week. You know, rain, thunderstorms, uh, 90 degrees. Heat. We had a little bit of everything this week. Yep, yep. That's what happens when Tommy goes on vacation and he stays home. Oh, you were home this week? I didn't know that. Yeah, but I just was kind of just vegging, you know. I hear I went you. Away know, sometimes last, you gotta. I went away last weekend, but, you know. I but during you. the week, just, you know, hung around. I don't blame you. Sometimes you gotta recuperate, you know. I was <laughs> gonna do some spring cleaning, but I don't know. I, I <laughs> hey, You <laughs> got six months for that still, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, right. Until don't spring. worry about that. What's we going got a while on? for that. So what's going on in the rock and roll world? Not too much, not too much. I went last night to interview uh, Damon Johnson uh, over in New Jersey. So uh, I got to meet uh, Mr. Cooper. Uh, got to be honest, I was a little intimidated, you know? I didn't, like, know what to say. Yeah. It was like, imagine. hello, goodbye, and, and, and took a picture. You know? <laughs> it was about oh. the extent of it. Like, it was, uh, you know, it was a little overwhelming, you know? Oh, you got that picture. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you know, got, you got to get one of those. <laughs> you know, you got you got to meet another legend, man. That's great. Yeah, you know, we've met a lot of people this year. You know, since January, from from them on out, and uh, you know, through the show and everything. But Definitely. that was pretty cool. I mean, like, I just didn't know what to say, you know, because like I was interviewing him, and he walked by, like, "Ah, oh, come here, come here. I want you to meet somebody." And it's like, you know, you feel funny, you know. Yeah, I'm still not yeah. used to this whole thing, you know. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, very nice. So that was that was really good. But I guess hey, you know what. We got a great show tonight, anyway. Very good show coming up here. Ronnie Sticks from Blood Red Skies is going to be calling in. Ronnie was a singer for Vicious Rumors for a while, and uh-huh. also Wicked Sin, the band that Bob Mitchell is uh, fronting right now. Oh. And then we got Barrett Glesco from All Else Sales calling in from Canada. So, pretty good show. It'll be the last one for the next week or so. I'm going to be on vacation, and we'll be back on uh, September 1st. So, get your fill in today because this is it for the next 10 days. Very good. Yeah, that's what I have to say. All right, so, you know, not much else happened. You know, I was reading in the, I don't know, it's probably Blabbermouth or uh, Bloody Words in one of them. Uh, Kiss was upset or something because they got kicked out of the Michael Jackson uh, tribute show to have him over, I guess, in Europe somewhere. Did you read about that? Yeah, apparently uh, Simmons had said some disparaging remarks about Michael Jackson years ago, you know, when the whole, you know, shit was coming down, going yeah. down with the... Uh, the off. Off. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, hey, you say things and, you know, that that's what happens. But I wouldn't even care about it. You know, what the fuck are they worried about? Me either. I don't get the whole I thing. Wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't. I, why do you want to even be involved? All right, sure. Maybe, you know, maybe Michael Jackson was an admirer of Kiss and all that shit, but... Uh, who cares? You know what I mean? And I think it's just publicity for them, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe they're yeah. looking for that to happen. Because, you know, Gene, it's all about the... Especially now that they got that new record coming out next year. It's called Monster. They released the title, I think, this week. Monster, right? Yeah, yeah it comes out. So I guess if they, you know, let's get the publicity machine rolling over here, you know. and uh, That's true, yeah. It can lead up to that also. So you never know. You never know. And I, I know, saw that answer... Well, I'm sorry, Tom. got... No, he knows how to use the media, <laughs> Mr. Oh, Gene. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. nobody better than him. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> there's nobody. A close second would be Joey DeMeo, but they may not just don't have the attention, yeah, you know, he, or, or the fame of Kiss, but they got the attitude. It's on a different level, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Exactly, level A and level B, right? Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a B man. He's there you go. <laughs> he might even be a C man. Yeah. These days, you know, it don't happen. It don't work in America. It don't make it work. Yeah. 
It doesn't work in the United States and Canada. It only works in Europe. <laughs> yeah, you're true. I, I heard that a man was playing somewhere around here. Uh, Long Island or New Jersey or something? Um, BB's, no? No, I don't no, know. No, I just Starland. heard that there was a, a New York Starland area show. Bowl. Oh, the Starland, not New yes, Jersey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to, it's a Saturday night, so I think I might venture out. And then, uh, I even said it on Facebook. This will probably be the last time I go to see them, unless maybe Ross ever gets to play with them again. But uh, I, I can't see giving them money, unless, you know, giving them money. Because the only reason why I'll go is because maybe they'll do some of my old favorite songs, you know. Because yeah, they rehashed the new album, you know. Uh, yeah. They rehashed the first album, so. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, I mean, I'm still a big fan anyway, of Eric. So they will come around fan. for 15 more years. Yeah, right, exactly. This The last time I saw them was at the... Uh, um, the rock, uh, what do they call that place? Uh, shoot, uh, used the to be rock Humble. palace. Rock palace. Uh, it's in Jersey. Also, uh, used to be Hunker Bunkers. It was like the oh, country club. I know what you're talking about. I, I just can't think of the name. They knocked it down about. now. It's a bunch. Yeah. Of, I heard it's a bunch of condos. But that place it was um nice place to see bands. Uh, saw saw Halford there too too, back in 2000. Um, a few saw thousands of bands there. Wasp. Uh, so Manowar there, and I, that was the beginning of the end. It was the, I think it was the second time I saw them with the new, you know, with the the new guitars, with this guy Logan, and um, the first time I saw them at the Lamores, the regular Lamores, they weren't so bad. Um, Logan wasn't as annoying, and I was real sick of the way he ripped the, ripped apart all the old solos, yeah, and just like did all this nonsense on top of it, but. It it was it is what it was. Let's put it that way. But uh, what pissed me off is he actually did not do the whole band. They did not do battle hymns. That's a little disappointing. Yeah, man. yeah. And uh, I was going nuts. Me, me and Anthony were walking in the, in the parking lot to the car, and I just kept screaming. And people were just like, "Boo!" You know, everybody was pissed. A lot of people were pissed. Of course, I don't blame. I mean, how could you, it's like you know, it's like Kiss not doing you know Black Diamond. I mean. Even exactly. as crazy as they were, as, pimp, as crazy and uh, posed it out that they were, they always did Black Diamond, you know? I know, I know. But what could you do, you know? Yeah. So now they are uh, they haven't really sold, uh, I mean, not, not really sold, I mean, they haven't really sold a lot of the newer stuff, Man of War, so they re-recorded the first album to try to make some money off of the first album. Because they no longer own the rights to it, so that's how they you know they get money re-recording. Yeah. And uh, supposedly they're touring. You know they toured Europe, pushing that album. So I'm hoping they do the whole album. At least they get to hear some of my old you know my old favorite songs. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, hopefully you will. You let me know how that goes. Give us a concert review when you get back from that. Maybe Mikey will do an interview. That would be interesting. Yeah, no, I'm not going to that one. I, I don't have the patience to sit around for. A 45-minute intro, uh, you don't a 20-minute do uh, Joey DeMeo rant about nah, the Gods well, of Metal. Does his, he does his rants, but... Oh, he always do. You know, I, I don't have the head for that no more. I was speaking to Ross, and Ross, Ross said that um, Scott Columbus came up with the idea of doing something crazy, you know, playing something crazy music, and... Um, What's his name? Joey showed up with that music, and uh, everybody said, all right, that'd be cool for like 10 minutes. He's like, Ten minutes. He goes, "Now nah, we'll play it for about a half hour," and jo- and Ross swears to me it was no longer than forty-five minutes. 
I was like, you're crazy. I mean, I, there were times that we spent a whole hour listening yeah. to that music. Yeah, it was a long time, you know. And then I you get like, they, uh, you know, 40 minutes in the middle of the set of guitar solo, drum solo, bass solo, the rant. Yeah. You know, I'd rather hear songs than that shit, you know, but yeah. what are you going to do? We don't well, have some music on here. Yeah, okay. All Sounds right, good. this is a band called Snow White out of Alaska. Uh, Alaska. I wanted to just play the uh, Prophecy Fall, I mean, uh, Darkness Falling, but there's like an instrumental prophecy, and this was ripped from vinyl, so it's kind of, you know, mixed in there together, so to speak. Okay. So, uh, get that on right now for you, right? Hang on a second. Sounds there good. There we go. Rock and roll one time.
All right, that was Snow White with Darkness Fallen. And right now we have our guest of honor on the line, Ronnie Sticks. Are you there? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, Ronnie. How are you? All right, I'm doing good, Mike. I'm doing good. Uh, God, it's great to talk to you, man. Uh, I'm, I'm real excited. You know, I've been playing up that song that you gave me, and it's phenomenal, man. Blood Red Skies, I think you guys are going to blow it out of the water with this album. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, anytime. So I, I know the band got together a few years back. Uh, what made you decide to put Blood Red Skies together? Um, you know, I actually decided to, to work with some of my old bandmates, actually an old drummer uh, bandmate of mine, um, Back in like 2009, I was still in Vicious Rumors at the time, and uh, you know I was just the, I just had some material that I wanted to lay down um, a little different than what I was doing with Vicious Rumors, man. You know, and um, that's kind of what I did, man. Started kind of little by little, had you know different lineup changes um, throughout 2009 all the way 2011, and now I actually have a pretty good lineup that I'm really happy with. I'm glad, and. Uh... I know you got some of your friends from uh, Divine Ruins playing with you also went up Blood Red Skies, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, our, our, our uh, longtime friend, drummer, uh, Craig Farmer, is actually uh, still in the band with me, man. Still sticking it out with me, man. And you still got Divine Ruins going, right? I mean, you got both of these bands going. Um, you know, I actually, no, I get that I get that all the time. I, every time I go to Europe, they're like, hey, you know, uh, when's the new Divine Ruins coming? I was like, man, I haven't done that in forever, man. Um it, it's a totally different direction that I'm doing now. Um, th- that whole Divine Ruins era was more of a, uh, a little bit more progressive, a lot of keyboard stuff. It's, it wasn't really, you know, as years go by, you try to find yourself. And you know, what I'm doing now, it's more, this is me. This is, you know, Ronnie Sticks. You know? where you're at, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at now, yeah. Well, I tell you, from 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 Day of the Jackal, it's a it's a good place to be in because uh, you really, you know, you're really bringing back that classic power metal sound, that big, you know. Hard rock and metal stuff that we haven't had in a long time from bands, and it's good to hear that vibe again, you know. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Um, you know, as a fan, I mean, as a fan, dude, I, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm, I, that's what I want to hear. Um, you know, we all go out and check out bands and stuff, and it's like, man, you know, all these guys are really talented. But for me, it's just all about, you know, keeping it simple, you know, straightforward, head banging, fist pumping, you know, metal, man, you know. Yeah. I want That's everybody to have a good time, but at the same time, I want I want everybody, whatever style of music you're into, from progressive to death or whatever, or just classic rock, I want you to enjoy what we're doing, you know? I think they will, Ronnie. There's no doubt about that. And for people that don't know, I mean, you know, they see you up there fronting the band on the stage, but you're also a guitar player, so you've probably got your hands in all of these songs in one way or another. Well, I, I actually, when I, when, I, uh, when I left Vicious Rumors, man, I, I took a year and a half off. Um, and I just a lot of people don't know I play guitar, but yeah, it wrote the whole album. Actually, they took the whole year off and uh, dusted off my guitar playing skills, and you know, and wrote ha- rolled an album, man. You know, it's like yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to find what was gonna make me happy musically, man. You know, I, I got I got tired of being that that guy, like hey, you know, so and so left the band, or hey, man, let's hire Ronnie, that the guy. Will come in and and do the job and, and, and that was, which is really cool. I mean, really enjoyed all the bands that I played with and you know and sang for. And but you know, after taking a whole year off, man, it's just like I just wanted to come out with a really good ass-kicking power metal album, straightforward head-banging record, man. You know, 
us being from Texas, man, you know, it's got to be a hell-raising ass kicking fucking record, you know? That's right. Everything's got to be bigger and better when you come out of Texas. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, like, because Blood of the Skies is yours, you know, so you could kind of guide the ship where you wanted to go as compared to, like, Vicious Rumors. I remember hearing a lot of stuff back then with the band and everything, and it's got to be hard to step into any band, especially a band that's known, you know, has like some kind of name recognition. You know, Carl Albert was like a major force in that band. The people loved him, and they went through a lot of different singers. And so it's got to be difficult for you to step into something like that. And I know there was stuff going back and forth, you know, like you felt like you were a high gun. And, and it's got to be a difficult situation to be in and like to really give 100% to. Well, um, it's a funny story how I got into Vicious Rumors, man. It, it First of all, man, Carl Albert and my singing career has been, always been a big influence, man. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. For somebody to try to come in and try to take Phil's shoes, it's, it's it's virtually impossible, man. The guy's a monster. You know, um, it, it is hard. It is hard to try to step into something like that, man. It, it's really hard, but I was fortunate to, to get a good, you know, a lot of fans really dig what I was doing. I was trying to keep it true to what Carl would do, you know. Um, it was a little tough because the guy, like I said, man, the guy is phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, it, it it was tough, man. But, you know, I'll tell you what, man, I loved every minute of it, man. I, I You know, those, all those guys were really great to work with, man, and I, I wouldn't trade that for the world, man, you know. Yeah, I was, I was hoping for, like, you know, some studio output because I know you did a lot of it. It was mostly live. And we never got anything recorded. And I thought you were the truest of the singers they had to, like, their original sound. Out of all the different people that came in and out of the band, I was kind of hoping for something on vinyl. But I guess things just kind of, you know, went their ways before that got, you know, got a chance to happen. Yeah, you know, what what happened on that, man, is, is I joined the band and we started doing, they asked me, what songs do you know? I was like, man, I know all the back catalogs, man. So, you know, we did a couple of gigs here and there. And, you know, we did a lot of the old songs, man. And what ended up happening, do we? It, it just took off, and people wanted to hear the old material again. You know, I, I know that the band had several good singers, man, um, before I even came into the band, and, and they were playing some of the old classics and stuff, but for some reason, just people adapted to what I was doing with Vicious Rumors, man, and it just kind of it kind of just snowballed, man. We just did, you know, a lot of the Digital Dictator era and, and the self-titled and some of the Welcome to the Ball, which is really cool for me i mean i was a big fan of the band man so for me doing the songs with this guy with these guys man it was it was amazing i was having a time of my life man it was it was awesome yeah i can imagine i've mean, seen some youtube clips up here and there and i i wish i could have got you on record with them but we got this new album coming out when's the new album supposed to be coming out from blood Scars? you got it for set for i think uh, september 11th um, yeah we're trying to get it out by december 11th man um right now we're just in mixing mode and it's kind of hard, man. It's kind of hard because we went through a lot. I actually went through a lot of lineup changes and stuff. Um, it, you know how it is, man. You try to find that that true lineup that's going to be good for the band. You know, stability yeah. is everything, man. And um, at right now, it looks like we may have it done by November 11th, man. That's what we're shooting for right now. Like I said, we're just in mixing mode, so. Yeah, that sounds there. great. Is it, is it hard to keep the product consistent when you have lineup changes? Because you're not. It's, it happens to everybody these days. It's kind of hard to find, you know, a couple of guys to play with and keep, you know, keep it steady. You know, it's such a volatile business right now. But you find it difficult to keep the like the the quality of the music, or like you know, when you change different musicians, consistent to the way you want it. Well, you know, Mike, that's actually why I I actually picked up the guitar, man. I mean, I had back in 2009, I had two uh, a bass player and a, and a 
drummer and I had a different guitar player from both of them lived in uh, in the Netherlands I lived in Holland I had another guy from from uh, from Dallas Texas and it was really hard to try to get that lineup to yeah I mean to answer your question yes it was man and that's actually why I picked up the guitar because I, I couldn't really I didn't really like the direction that we were going. I was just yeah. like, man, it, it's just not consistent. It's like, hey, this this guy's doing this, and we're, it's not really what I want. Um, and I, I had a certain vision that they weren't seeing what I was seeing, man. So, I just, like I said, I just picked up the guitar, dude, and, and started playing all these styles of music that I truly love and put it together. You know, I, I want to keep it catchy. I want to keep it really simple. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yet, I, I want to keep it heavy. I, I want to have that edge. You know, uh, uh, the cool the cool thing about doing like the underground stuff that we do, man, it's it's raw, man. You know, and and I I kind of want to keep it like that. I really don't want to polish it up too much, man. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you're saying. Give it that raw edge to it. And, but you know, all yeah. the music you've done over the years, you've you've it was such a wide variety because you go from like vicious rumors, you have blood rest guys, you went shadow keep for a while. I mean, you've really run the gamut like you know on one end to the of the spectrum with the music you haven't like done the same thing over and over again so that's got to be interesting like you know and keeping you on your toes yeah it is man but you know like i said it, it was a blessing to be in all those bands man because i really learned a lot you know from being with shadow keep in england for about four years and then you know coming back home doing the divan runes thing and then going to you know doing the stuff with with the guys in san francisco from vicious rumors and 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 some other bands that I've done, um, it, it's really cool, and that's actually this is why, I guess this is the end result of all that stuff, man. You know, I played a really, you know, all those bands were really great. I mean, the songwriting was tremendous, man. So, I think I've taken a lot of that stuff and added to, to Blood Red Skies, you know. Yeah, it's a little amalgamation of everything, and that's no, no. Then I, I you were hooked up with uh, Wicked Sin for a little while too, weren't you? you yeah, were I, was, the album I was. I was. Yeah, you know that, that's a, that's a little funny story as well, man. But I was working with with uh, with Paul, Ken, I mean uh, Ken Worth, I'm sorry. And yeah. the guy's an amazing production artist, man. I mean the guy's an awesome producer and songwriter, man. The guy's amazing. It was it was just a distance thing, man. You know he lived in Arizona and I live in Texas, and we we're just going back and forth, and it was a little frustrating. That we were having the same problems. We weren't able to find members, man. You know, yeah. and it was it, it started to become a studio album, man. It's like, dude, we're never going to play live. We're not going to ever do anything. We can't find anybody that's serious. You know, it says, what do we do? And it's just like, we just, you know, it is what it is, man. You know, some people get a little bit frustrated and they say things they don't want, they don't mean. And, and to this day, we're really, really good friends. But, you know, we just decided to go on our separate ways, man. Yeah, that's got to be, you know, you hear a lot about that with bands today because, you know, you have bands, you know, some older bands that reunite, you have new bands, and the members are not only all over the states, but some of them are from different countries, and they do everything through the internet, and, you know, and uh, with computers and everything, and I, I, you know, I would think that would take away something from, like, you know, just sitting in a room with four guys and hashing out a song, you know, going back and forth and playing it and, and changing things up, and for some bands it seems to work for, I guess, but not for everybody. Do you, are you comfortable with that thing, like, you know, doing it through the internet and everything? You know, that's actually what we started doing in 2009 with my band, my my ex-band members from, from Holland, man. We we tried that, man. It, those guys had bands already. They were already doing bands. Uh, you know, Tawny is uh, actually the bass player for Martyr, and, and Noel was doing some stuff with some covers, some studio sessions in, in, in Holland and stuff, and they were real busy doing their thing, and then by the time we were like, hey, we sent some materials, like, they wouldn't get to it because of their scheduling. So, I, 
that's actually why I decided just, you know what, I'm going to write this whole album. I'm going to write the songs, the, you know, because I couldn't really find a guitar player, man, to work with. Yeah. You know, so uh, it was really hard, man. I, I know people can do it, man. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I'd rather have people that we can, rehe- we can rehearse as a band. Sure. You know what I mean? Nah, I don't blame you. I think something was missing with that because, you know, when they send you a tape of some music and you listen, like, well, I wish you could have done this or that. You could send it back that way, but it's not like having the guy there with you, your bandmate there. Because how many bands have written songs with the most amazing guitar solos or riffs or choruses that just sprung up, you know, like in a, in a jam session in a rehearsal studio? And you can't do that when you're sending tapes back and forth. It just, to me, it just doesn't work. You know, yeah, the magic's not basis. there, man. It's that, you know, the creativity is just it's not going to be there, man. I mean, it's spontaneous is everything, man. I mean, when you write solos like that, man, sometimes shit. It's it's like magic, man. It, it's You have something badass and you try to recreate it over the Internet. It just doesn't work out. It loses a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the roughness and, or, or the, the spontaneity or... You know, when you have a certain idea and you try to send it to somebody else, man, they don't really see the idea, what you're seeing, which yeah. makes it kind of hard. And that's actually why it didn't really work out doing the, the whole Internet stuff, man. For other bands, it, it does, man. You know, and there's a lot of good musicians and great musicians that do that. I, for for me, I, I just couldn't, man. I, I needed a solid band in Texas where we could, like, hey, here's the idea, here are the songs, let's rehearse, let's get it tight, and let's go out there and fucking do some shows. There you go. How's the scene in Texas these days? I mean, uh, is is it happening, or is there enough going on there to keep you busy? Uh, you know, there is, man. There there actually is, man. Uh, it, the scenes. Well, I, I live in San Antonio, Texas, man. So for this town is metal. Um, it's it's everything metal in this town, man. Texas, Houston, Dallas has got their own thing. Um, but you know, there is there's enough to keep us busy, man. It's just really cool. You know, well, Texas is really big, so you can go all over Texas and play anywhere. Yeah, it is a big place. And I know you have the South Texas Rock Festival coming up pretty soon. Uh, you're looking pretty busy in October. you got quite a few shows lined up. Yeah, we do, man. And that's, I'm very fortunate to, to be able to get on this festival. Being gone for a year and a half, man, first band, you know, under Blood Red Skies, you know, your own band. And being on the main stage with all these great bands, man, it's just... For us, it's a, it's a real accomplishment, man. It's, it's kind of like a milestone for us, you know? It should be a great show, too. Uh, how, how do you like view, just view the whole business end of it today? The, the, the new album, are you, are you doing it on your own or through an independent label? How, how is it working? Right now, we're doing it on our own, man. Right now, we're just recording everything here. And, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple of labels and stuff, man, but it, it's tough business, as you know, man. So they basically, what they want, they just want it all done. And then here, hand it over, and they'll put it out, and you know. So yeah, we're doing everything on our own for now. You know, we're, I'm talking to SPV right now, so we'll we'll see what happens, man. It looks it's looking good. I hope so. Best of luck with that. I, it is hard because they want you to do all the hard work, you know, lay out the money recording it, and then they just want to be the distributors these days. I mean, I know it has a lot to do with the internet and the downloads, and and the money is not there, but they do need to start supporting some of you guys so you can get this product out the right way. That'd be awesome, man. You know, that that would be that would be awesome. I don't really foresee that happening anytime soon. Yeah, but I know. you know, we do this because we love it, man. You know, exactly. it's not really for the money. I mean, yes, it's really expensive to, and sometimes you know, it's like, dude, mortgages on the line and shit, man. But you know, at the end of the day, man, we're doing it because we love it. You know. 
That's 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 why everybody does it because it's just not there today. But all right, I remember reading about a year or so ago you were going to put an album called Ancient Prophecy. Did that ever come about, or is, is this was turning into Day of the Jackal? Um, it actually just turned into Day of the Jackal, man. Um, you know, coming from a progressive background, man, I, I didn't want to. I was going that direction, man. You know, I found myself like, dude, what, what am I doing? I'm going back the direction I don't want to be in. You know, I, I, the whole song title just sounded so progressive, and you know, I, I didn't want to do the the, the Bates Warning, Ray Alder, Dream Theater thing anymore. I just wanted to get away from it. And uh, woke up at two o'clock in the morning, came up with a really cool riff, and was like, "That's what we're going to call the album, man, the Day of the Jackal." I like it, and you also you got a cover of uh, Black Sabbath's uh, "Eye" on there, which is, you know, m- most people go back to the old catalog. You went right. <laughs> In the middle with Ronnie James Dio, I thought, and I, that's one of my favorite songs off that album. I think it's great. I'm dying to hear your version. Dude, of that that al- that that whole album kicked ass, man. That song just just rules, man. Um, we we were playing it, and I have a Black Sabbath tribute that I do. We're called Mob Rules, and we do all the the Dio era uh, with Black Sabbath. And we do some Dio stuff too, man. And uh, let's say, hey, man, let's let's do I. It's a fucking ass kicking song. It's like. Way ahead of its time, dude, when it yeah. first came out. I mean, if you listen to it now, and it, it can go against any other metal band that's out there. I agree. You know, so, so yeah, man, we're really excited um, to have the fans listening to that, man. I think they're going to dig it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that myself. I mean, you know, like you said, that dehumanizing was killer. It just came out at a bad time, you know. You know yeah, it did. It did. The scene was dying, and it kind of like flew under the radar. But uh, after they got back together with Heaven and Hell and they started doing songs off it, I think a lot of people found it again. And I'm excited to hear your version of it. I'm sure it's going to kill. Well, thanks, man. It is, man. I hope everybody enjoys it. I'm sure. Hey, Ronnie, before I let you go, tell everybody about the record, when you think it's going to come out, and where they can find you on the internet to keep up on it. Okay, cool. Well, um, you know, it's called The Day of the Jackal. And uh, the album should be out by November 11th. And you can you can find us on Reverb Nation's Blood Red Skies or uh, Facebook Blood Red Skies or Ronnie Sticks at Facebook. Um, you know we're we're really easy to find, man. So um, we're really looking forward to coming out and, and performing for all you guys, man. All the fans that support True Metal, man. You know because of shows like you, man, we exist. You know fans like you guys, man. You guys are the best. You know. Uh, Ronnie, I appreciate that. And I can't wait to hear this entire record. Right now, I'm going to get on David Jackal for everybody. How does that sound? Sounds good, man. All right, Ronnie. Thank you very much, buddy. The best of luck with the new record. I can't wait to see you guys when you come out on tour. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Take care, Ronnie. All right. See you, man.
All right, that was Fist with Turn the Hell On. Right before that, we had some Blood Rest guys. Dave the Jackal, go check out Ronnie's band. All right, T, I, I forgot we were BSing on the side over there, but I played another song while we were there. Cool. And that's a, yeah, Fist. They were a good band. I haven't heard much about them in a while. We've got X Reese. She's a wave of British up, heavy metal fist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're a good band. I got a good band, definitely. I, I got a call. There's a few calls I got to make for interviews. I just didn't want to do it now because then when I go away next week, I don't want to answer the phone, talk to anybody, have nothing to do with this <laughs> show. So I'll wait till I get back to do it. But uh, uh, I'm going to look for Elixir and uh, the band Battle Axe. I've already sent them out uh, about coming on the show. They're both up to it. So, uh, no, I'm sorry, not Elixir. Who the hell was It was Battle Axe and. Uh, and Weapon, I'm sorry. Reese told me to reach out to oh, Weapon. Oh, yeah, Weapon. Yeah, Weapon's got a new, uh, new band. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I reached out to Danny Hines, and uh, I've got the, the guy from Battleaxe. So probably one of those two I have on, because we got the three-year anniversary show coming up in yeah. a couple of weeks, and see who I can line up for that that nobody else can get, you know? Oh. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Definitely. A few of the other interviews I had that was supposed to happen that day, they won't be available till October, so... It's a little late, but we'll get other people. If not, we're going to play two hours of music. Okay. Yeah, so let me see. Who are we going to get back? Uh, September 4th, it's Labor Day weekend. We have Neil Turbin of Death Riders and Anthrax. Mm-hmm. And uh, my old friend Blaine Gilbert from Florida's November. He's going to debut some new songs for us here. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got lined up. Neil Turbin called me the other day. I sound like Eddie Trunk now. <laughs> like an idiot. Ah, don't worry about it. He, he was telling me he's got a whole bunch of new shit going on, new songs, a new album's coming out. He wants to come on the show. And he was asking me for some old Anthrax recordings to have them live. Uh-huh. So I dug up a ton of shows, but I don't think... He's looking for the songs he sang on the first demo tape. Uh-huh. And I think they only did them like in 83 live. And then once they recorded uh, Fistful of Metal, that's all they did was that whole album. There was no other older songs on there. Uh-huh. And I had a show from my, uh, of um, Anthrax from 82. From my, He joined the band like right in the middle of the year uh, from my father's place in Long Island. But it has uh, um, Dan, uh, has what do you call it? it? Has Scotty and his brother on vocals. Oh, really? Yeah, and they do like tons of Sabbath, Kiss, and Priest covers, along oh. with some of those originals that were on the on the first uh, demo tape. But what does he play? Uh, yeah, Scotty and his brother. He sang. Oh wow! I never knew that. He was a singer in Anthrax. Is uh, he younger or present. older? I think he's younger. Oh wow! I didn't even know that. I believe it was him. Uh, Dan Spitz on bass. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, uh, Dan Loke on bass. Uh-huh. I want to say it was Greg D'Angelo on on drums, but I don't know if he came into the band at that time. There were so many people in that band in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, let me see, what else was it? Greg D'Angelo was also with uh, somebody else. Can't oh. Quite, can't quite remember. Let me see if I can dig it up here. Uh, it was uh, uh, Greg Walls was on guitar. Mm-hmm. He joined the band called Hitman after that. I have that album uh, and that demo. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Greg D'Angelo. He played uh, he played uh, drums from 81 to 83, so it was him. Oh, wow. Yeah, Greg D'Angelo played in uh, with Jack Stone, Burnerstone. He played in the Cities, actually. We had Sal on last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in right. The cities. And I thought, didn't he go to White Line, too? Uh, yeah, I think so. He was in, I could have sworn he was in White Line for a little while. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, the original singer for Anthrax was actually John Connolly. Uh, oh, right, right, right. And then from he went from on uh, Nuclear Assault, uh, right. never recorded anything. And then uh, Scotty and his brother came into the band. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a whole bunch of people there. Talking of Anthrax, they're, they're doing a show at the Best Buy Theater. Did you see that? Oh, uh, Anthrax. 
Yeah, they're going yeah, under they're the name Satan's Lounge right, Bar or right. something. Satan's something or other. Yeah, they were saying that's the name they used when they uh, were really hitting it big in the late 80s. And they went back to Lemoore's where they shouldn't have gone back to, like, you know, because, like, you know, like Lemoore's was beyond them at that point, I guess, in 88, 89. Oh, excuse me. This is a Scott Ian saying, like, in a nicer way than that, you know, but... Oh, I see what you mean, huh? Yeah, he was like, you know, we played that, you know, we wanted to go back and play Lemoore's, but we were just, you know, hitting it big at that time, and... So we went back at Satan's Lounge. But, you, know, you go back at that name, but you tell every radio station and magazine you're doing it. So what's this, you know? Yeah. You know, I remember the Rolling Stones back in the day. They used to play, like, little clubs here and there. Yeah. And they would just go on their different... And nobody knew. You would just beat that club, and they, they, you know, it didn't get leaked out. You know, it was something that they wanted to do for themselves, like maybe a sure, sure, to, sure. Well, they, they, want, want, guys, they don't want to be totally embarrassed and nobody show up. So they got to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but, uh, Chuck... You remember I made and did Charlotte the Harlot. I mean, obviously it was before the internet, so it was yeah. all word of mouth, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it was done back then. But you know, uh, Anthrax. I don't know. Are they even relevant anymore? I mean, it's, I just don't get the point that them. They're playing the uh, Best I mean, Buy Theater, and it's free, but you have to pre-order the album. Oh, I see. And it gives like a code, I guess, to get the tickets or something. Okay. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I lost the chat room here. I don't know what happened. Really? Yeah. Are you still in? I don't know if you're on the computer. I hear uh, it, I, I got it back. I just flipped uh, different uh, tabs. Uh, yeah, I got it. Here you go. So, uh, what did we write down? Fist of Playing, Headbang uh-huh. is Open Air, next year, I think. Uh, that's good to know. They cool. were a good band fist. I really liked them. They uh, yeah. didn't get a lot of attention, you know? Yeah, I got them on a couple of those. Uh, I think I've got one of the singles. Yeah, good band there. Well, you know what? My mouth is getting dry, so let's do some music. All right. All right. You know what? Uh, let me see here. Uh, bit of, bit of, uh, I'm all off kilter here. All right, how about we do the Evil Dead? I was going to do the Demolition segment, but uh, you know what? We'll do Evil Dead, and then I'll go right into the Demolition segment demo, and then I'll tell you who it is afterwards, okay? <clears throat> okay. All right, here you go. This is Evil Dead. This is the title track of the album also, Annihilation of Civilization. <laughs>
was our demolition segment demo. The band is Majesty. That song is called March of the Tyrant. Uh, head over to the Heavy Metal Mayhem blog spot right now. Pick it up. I know you didn't hear most of the song, because we were talking, but uh, this is the pre-Dream Theater band. Uh, all the members of Dream Theater were in this band. Oh, okay. Yeah, they put this demo tape out. It was the first demo in the 80s. And then they had re- they, they recorded another one, which was all instrumental. And uh, I never heard that one. I, I, I wouldn't even have an interest in it. But there you go, the pre-Dream Theater band, Majesty, featuring all those guys that are still in Dream Theater today, except for Mike Portnoy. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think that was a stupid move on my part, on his part, you know. I, I guess he figured they wanted to they wanted to take a break too, but they kind of what, what was the word? They kind of psyched him out and said, "No, we we, we still want to go on." So I mean, you know, he's he's doing other things, so he has to look at it that way. I think one day he'll he'll just slide right back into that spot. It'll happen. Yeah, who knows? Uh, you know, it's hard to be in a band today and really, like, you know, make money, be profitable. And, and right. But Dream Theater was one of the bands that were able to go out on tour on a regular basis, make money. You know, and that's not an easy thing to do. I, 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 don't, I can't see leaving something like that for the insecurity of bouncing. You know, there's no, there's no great royalty checks coming in from Dream Theater. Let's put it that way. Well, that's Being the, out the, of the, only, band. the only way you make it is the, uh, the touring and the merchandise and stuff like that. Yeah, so now you don't have that anymore. Now you got all these little projects going with different bands here and there, and it's not going to be profitable. It's not going to be very much money, and, and, and you still got to earn a living. So I mean, I don't know the guy's financial, you know, uh, situation. So it's not for me to talk about. But well, I know he's got he, the band with John Sykes going now, and I don't know. Yeah. Sykes is kind of flaky. Like he does stuff, and then he disappears, and you know, so you don't know how long it's going to last. It's probably more of a project than a band, in my opinion. Yeah, than a real band. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, who's playing bass? Did you who's playing bass in that band? Uh, no, they just say bass player. They don't really, uh, no, I don't think they ever actually pinpointed anybody. Maybe they don't even have anybody yet. Yeah. You know, I like to hear, I mean, John Sykes hasn't done anything in a long time. And Dream Theater has, what's his name on drums right now? Bobby, uh, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Jabonback? I can't pronounce his last name. Garambak? Yeah, I can't even pronounce his last name. Uh, Bobby's been in a lot of bands. So yeah, that's what I'm too. saying. See, I I believe this guy is just like a like a hired hand to help out, you know. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they just sure. maybe they just fucking with him and saying, you know, well, he wanted to leave, let him leave, you know. But uh, I mean, he started. He's one of the starting members of the band. Oh, definitely. He probably still owns a piece of it. I, I he hasn't really talked about that that much, but. He probably still owns a piece of it, so I uh, don't see him straying too, too far. But he's having fun doing other things right now, from what he says. I heard him on uh, on Eddie's show last couple of weeks ago. But um, I don't know. I Maybe, you know, like doing that stuff is kind of, you know, maybe kind of boring. You know, boring. 20-something years, everything gets a little monotonous, you know? Yeah, you know, maybe he just wants to have fun. Like, this new project, The Mob, some mob, it's a, I forget the name of it. The Mob, I know what you're talking about. It sounds a little more, you know, a little more Different. fun, like, you know? Yeah. like, And then oh. uh, working with Sykes should be pretty fun, you know? Oh, definitely, um, definitely. Oh, we shall see, right? Yeah. All right, well, let's get some music on here. Yeah. All right, how about some rock goddess? Oh, play them okay, more yeah. Time. yeah. Cool. Some female metal over here. All right, no more. Yeah, 
off the David Wayne solo record, Metal Church, The Hammer Will Fall. Hey, I saw the other day, would Paul Stanley have another baby or something? Yeah, yeah. He's got to be in the 60s, huh? He is, um, I think he's 62. Wow, God bless him, boy. Nah. Woo, I mean, I know it's different when you have a lot of money, you know, you're not really doing nothing. Everybody else is doing all the work for you, but still. True, true that. Oh, man. 62 years old, my God. He'll be in his 80s by the time the kid goes to college. Yeah, but, you know, he, you know who cares? You know what I mean? You're old. I mean, you're rich. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I was just saying. When you're rich, it doesn't yeah. affect you or everything. when you're rich, it doesn't matter. Like, just like, right, you know, like I listen to Howard Stern, you know, I'm a Howard Stern nut, and he's always yeah. busting balls about, oh, if I have a kid now, it's too much. But you're so rich. What's the fucking difference? You know, I could see 10 years ago when you were, you were still rich, but you weren't filthy rich. <laughs> where you know you might have to put you know put the baby sitting seat in the back seat or whatever, baby seat in the back seat whatever, but I mean now I mean you just hire somebody to take care of the kid you know plus your wife yeah. is twenty thirty years younger than you you she can handle. She I can I handle agree it. I agree but it's still there's it's still a lot of work you know what it is you, you still oh, got to yeah. be there for a lot of things and and do True. things and. True. I, 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 you know, I mean, and kids make you feel young. If you're that old, kids will make you feel young. Yeah. I, like my father, you know, my father and mother were both a lot older than me. You know, I, I was a mistake baby. <laughs> well, I hope they were older than you. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but hell of a lot, hell of a lot. No, older. you said my parents were older than me. Is, yeah, you know. Uh, you meant to say older when they had you. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they were, I hope I, they were older than you. I mean, you know, God, I mean. And my father always said, you know, it made him feel. I made him. I made him feel young because now you got something to to work for, you know. I, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you had to work an extra ten years too to keep, you know. But that was my sisters both got married around. To the keep same your time. baby diapers. Exactly, you know. Yeah. But it ain't cheap. It's hard today for everything all around, you know. I don't know if I could do it. God bless the people that can. I don't think I can. I'm at like I feel like I'm at the end of the road now. I yeah. got my last one graduating high school, so you know. I see, like, freedom at the end of the line. No more hey, if, the... if you're 62 and you have a wife who could still have children, you're in great shape. <laughs> you're not kidding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, exactly. after 40, exactly. and it's very hard for women to have children after 40. It's dangerous. So, yeah, you know, she's probably 35, 40 years old, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, she probably looks halfway decent. I'm sure of that. Hey, look, what's his name? Uh, oh, my God, I just forgot his name. Uh, I want to play Felix Unger. Uh, yes, right. Pony um, Randall, Pony Randall. Pony, right. What was he, like, in his 80s or yes, late 70s was, when he had I his think child? think it was either 72. Does that sound right? 72? I think so. I think I think it was definitely the 70s, or close to 80. Maybe he died in his 80s. He, he died in his 80s, but I remember him being about 72. Yeah. When he had that last kid. Yep. And Unbelievable. She, and she was, go- she was gorgeous. She was, like, in her 30s. I remember. Yeah, yeah. No, he was in, he was in great shape, Tony Randall. I mean, that guy was yeah. so. Isn't it yeah. funny that he died first for Jack Klugman? Yeah, uh, yeah. After all the shit that Jack got the broke cancer, went the surgeries, right. he's yeah. still kicking. <laughs> and the other one who was like, a, you know, always at the working out and, and living a healthy life, yeah. passed away first. <laughs> yeah, but you know, God bless it's, them. But it says something. I mean, look at all these like you know a lot of these people like you know like movie Take stars care and stuff. Take care like. Yeah. And they they die young. Then you got people like you know uh, Jack Benny and uh, and right. the other one, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, the guy who smoked the cigar all the time. Uh, oh God. George. Uh, Burns. What was his name? George, George Burns. Burns. He was like a hundred years old, you know. 
yeah. Smoking and drinking every day, living life. That's where you got to be, I guess. As, as long as you do it, like, you know. Moderately. You do it in moderation and you don't, yeah. like, you know, you don't go too overboard. I guess it could work. It well, I'll out. tell you who it didn't work for. That was Janie Lane. <laughs> it didn't work uh, for him. Yeah, there you go. See that? Nope. Not that I even care. i got to be honest with you because I'm yeah, so sick. I, mean, of, I don't mean to know. be mean, but I'm just sick and tired of hearing about all these people that are dying from drug overdoses, alcoholism, those other shit. Yeah. Nobody put the bottle to your mouth. Nobody put the needle in your arm. Yeah. Nobody put the pill down your throat but you. You did it to yourself. You guy had four kids. Those yeah. are four kids that are going to be raising no father, no money, exactly, exactly. no nothing, because he could have put a freaking bottle down. And then everybody, nobody acknowledges him for, like for the last ten years. Yeah. Anything that he did musically, but as soon as he dies, right. he was the greatest songwriter. He was the greatest. Thing. I know that. Randy Rose was more. a great guitar player, but he became a guitar god after he died. Even though yeah. Randy Rose is a guitar god, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, it, it's just ridiculous. I agree with you 100%. They didn't even go this crazy for uh, for uh, what's his name. Uh, Quiet Riot, what's his name? Kevin DeBro when he passed Kevin DeBro. Yeah. And and you know, I guess Kevin wasn't as talented. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just and if I, I was watching like uh the day it uh, happened, I was watching Channel Seven News here in New York and they had uh, one of his one of the reporters on talking about it, like they they like a little coverage of it. And they kept calling him Yanni Lane. I'm like <laughs> like Yanni oh, Lane pal like, who the is want Yanni Lane <laughs> came in there. And I was like looking at the pictures of him on there, I'm like Yanni Lane. I'm like, This is how bad they don't, even, they don't even know his name. At first, that's oh, yeah. shame on their part. I didn't get the guy's name right. Don't get the name that... right. If you're gonna make it, if you're gonna make it a story, you know. Yeah, should background. you get the name right at least? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna. All right, maybe you didn't know Warren from back in the days, but isn't there somebody in the TV studio, you know, that's going over the script saying, yeah. you know, the guy's name is Jen? You know, I, I could, I like, and he kept saying his name over and over again the wrong way. I'm like, this guy's a moron. <laughs> this guy's an absolute moron. I guess they figured a guy's name shouldn't be Jane, but. Well, yeah, it felt like, you know, but still, you gotta have, people got to do research, you know? Before yeah. I come on this show, I research things, you know, I mean, it's mostly like, you know, the TV guy, but I mean, I still look stuff up. No, you're good, you're good. Yeah, it's all out of memory. <laughs> My memory's shot. Mm-hmm. All right, how about we get a song on? <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let me see here. Try, uh, you know what, I got this, I got this, I got that. All right, how about we do Aggressor, Death Walker, and then I'll go right into some Bulldozer. Okay. Do some Brutal Metal for you right now. Brutal
Record Days of Wrath. Uh-huh. Uh, they come from uh, uh, a home country of Italy, from Italian metal there for you. I know they had a new record out, I think last year or the year before that, but I'm pretty sure this record came out in 84, 85. Uh-huh. I don't remember. You know, As we get closer to the end of the show, my memory starts to fade a little bit, so you can always look it up and find it out. But that was Bulldozer for you there. And I think we're going to have another band to add to the, to the band book uh, today. 
Oh, this fella didn't call today? No, no, no. He's supposed to call in a little while. Not them. Uh, I was supposed to interview uh, Doogie White from Tank uh, last Well, now he's singing with Tank yeah. uh, last week. And they, they stood me up. I waited around for quite a while for that one. Oh. I, guess the, I got the other interview out of them, but they stood me up on that one. So we're going to have to add Tank, I think. I'm going to wait because I did see that the tour manager posted they they were having trouble with their wireless and internet international plan, and they oh. were apologizing for things that got messed up and stuff. Uh, so I'm going to wait till they get back to make sure because, you know, if they're over there, uh, so they're open up for Judas Priest right now, Tank, uh, over in uh, somewhere in Europe. I can't remember where they were. Yeah. So uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they had internet trouble and you know uh, phone phone connect problems. Well, the book is open. Let's put it down. The way. book the book is open and it's getting close. I think we're gonna have to add to the book. I think we have to add Alex to the book. I haven't seen Alex in the show here in a while. No, he's too busy. He's too busy uh, posting Crimson Glory videos on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, All day long. You know, I can see three or four, <laughs> but the kid's like ten, fifteen free, and I, on the on my phone. I have to scroll and scroll and scroll through all this shit to get to something. And, I'm, you know, of course I'm teasing, you know. I'm only having I know. fun. But I say it all the time to him. The problem with my phone is it doesn't always, after I after it fills, like, the full screen, like, yeah. it gets down to the bottom, the little thing is supposed to, like, um, it's like a clock, you know, and it's supposed to, like, load more pages. It don't always load more pages. So now, yeah. I, you know, I got to freaking restart Facebook or check it out later, see if anybody else put anything funny up. I'll put that, like, you know, put some cartoons. I'll put, like, three in a row, three videos in a row. You know, even that is a little much, I think, more than three in a row. But, I mean, this kid puts, like, a full album on for you, you know? <laughs> I know. I'll be going back to school next week, so it'll be a lot less posted. And well, yeah, I guess he's changed the name now, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he said it or not yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, he said it. Metal Attack uh, Network. Okay, yeah. But um, yeah, Metal I Attack think there's, there's a Polish. Um, I wanted to email him, but I didn't want to burst his bubble. There's a Polish. Um, what do you call? It? I have it on my uh, internet radio. Metal Attack, but Metal Attack Radio. But I guess he's, you know, he's looked, you know, he's thought about it. Well, he didn't do the show yet, so he, he still has a couple of weeks, I think. Oh, I can see him it. calling it Metal Attack Network, so that's at least a little different. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. Well, that's, I mentioned that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess he's getting tired of getting lumped in like all the deal nuts and fanatics out there. You know, uh, you feel limited with the title, you know? Well, yeah, that's true, too. Plus, he's getting, you know, he's, he's growing up, man. He's going to be a senior this year, God bless him. Sure is. Sure is. Time goes by quick, man. I, I remember when I was a senior. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're They're old. growing, Mike. They're growing up. <laughs> The babies are growing. <laughs> They're all leaving the nest. I'm They're trying to push mine nest. out of the nest. You're trying to, yeah, that's what you think. Yeah. That's I got like a think. hornet's nest here. I'm trying to kill it. I'm trying to get rid of that nest. Oh, shit. I need, I need some extra rooms. You know, I'm a, I'm a big boy. I'm grown. I need the, I need more rooms for my stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know what? Barrett was supposed to call in about now. We'll wait and see. If he doesn't call in in a few minutes, we'll play. Uh, we'll get some more music on over there. You know, we got. I tell you that this, this fall, we got a lot of uh, good shows coming through the New York area. Uh-huh. Uh, September first, Reese St. Diamond Head is going to be playing at BB Kings. Right, right. So even though I'm not, you know, I was, I love the earlier stuff. I don't. I'm not crazy about the new guys singing for them. I, I like to see, uh, you know, Sean Harris back in the band, Brian Tyler. Yeah. I like to see those two get back together and uh, and do it the right way. But I would go check him out because I've never seen Diamond Head. I mean, you know, they're probably one of the bands I've 
never yeah, Did you ever we, see we them? Never I don't even, think they even came here back in the no, day. No, I don't they even think up. they came to the United States, no. Yeah. So I'd like to see that. we got Doro playing at uh, at the Gramercy uh, with Desdemona. Oh. They're opening it up for them, and uh, she's filming it for her video. So it's going to be all shot for video. Oh, uh, for cool. a DVD release, yeah, so that's going to be a great when show. When is that? Do you know offhand? Uh, I want to say, uh, it's definitely October. I want to say week. the 18th. Is it during the week? I, uh, the 18th, uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. Let me see here. You know, I can't even see the calendar. You know, it seems like they're all during the week these days, but uh, yeah. maybe it might be on the weekend because I wouldn't mind. DVD. I wouldn't mind. If it was a Thursday, I wouldn't mind because it can always do something on Friday, you know, going Yeah, you know, you hump for Friday to get it off with you. There's yeah, no but if it's like a Monday or Tuesday, it really kills me, you know? I know, I know. I gotta check. I gotta look it up and find out. But uh, that's gonna be filmed for DVD with uh, Desdemona opening up. So that'd be a good show. You got Dio Disciples. They're not playing in the city, which I'm surprised. Oh. I think they're playing at, and like I said before, Poughkeepsie, which is kind of far off, like you know, people in the yeah. city to go up to. And uh, they're playing at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. That's a little bit of a ride, but you know, it's not too bad. But it's a Thursday and a Friday also, so. I mean, yeah, I, I know they got to get into these clubs whenever there's openings. It's not like it used to be. Yeah. But I, I, like you said before, I don't care for these weekday shows. I mean, the people going to see these groups uh, are people like us in their 40s and 50s now. And most of us got to get up for work in the morning. And it's, yeah. it's hard, especially when you got people that work in the city till 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Right. And they got to come home or they got to hang out in the city yeah. for like three or four hours, you know? Exactly, it, it, exactly. Do it if you're going to do it in the city. Do it like six, seven o'clock. You know, with like a, one opening band. You know, so we yeah. can, we can if if there are people working in the city, they don't mind hanging in the city. Exactly. You know, but to go all the way home and then come back is out of the question. And uh, you know, but you don't mind doing that if you know if they're going to get if they're going to get done by eleven, twelve o'clock. You know, but I know I some agree, of these yeah. shows. I mean, you know, they they all live in the rock and roll lifestyle and. They don't understand that the fans just can't do that. And Not anymore. being that nowadays this is how they make you know, most of their profits, yeah. they really think about it. But then again, well, you know, what are you gonna I do? I know it's it's up to the clubs, you know, yeah. their availability, True. when they're coming True. through town. True. But I mean what rock club like you have like the crazy donkey in Long Island, you have Ding Bats in New Jersey. You know, those are like strictly like, you know, rock clubs, metal clubs where they, they you, you would think you'd want to pack them in on the weekend. You know, I know you want your business during the week, too, but yeah. the weekend's when more people can get out. So maybe you have a show on a Tuesday, and you draw... I, I heard Hellstar, you know, they were on Twitter, they were around this area. Right. They played in Baltimore and in Pennsylvania, and the two people that I know on Facebook that were at both of those shows said there were between 40 and 80 people at each show. Oh, wow. 40 and 80 people for Hellstar. What a you know, shame. I mean, and, I mean, because it's during the week, it's hard for people to, to do it. It's yeah. just hard. You know, like, I work nights, so I couldn't even attend it because I work a night shift. You work days, so you got to get up early in the morning. So yeah. you got to be home early. It's, you know, it's it's a hard thing. But the Doro show is September 9th. It's a Friday. Okay. So that's not too bad. I mean, that'll, you know. That'll be cool. Yeah, and at least, you know, it'll be the club will be packed in. And, you know, because that's what they want. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of free tickets given out for that show, too, because they're going to want as big a crowd as possible there. Yeah. For her show, and I don't know how she's been drawing lately. I mean, I still think she's great, you know, in the music, but I don't know how she's drawing live-wise. It's been a long time, I think, since she's actually been in the New York, New Jersey area doing yeah. the show. So, Should be interesting. Yeah, so look forward. Then we got Priest coming around in November, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I know there's a few other shows. I just can't remember who it is right now. And the Diamond Hit show was really looking good when they had uh, Al Atkins band on there, mm-hmm. and uh, 
some a girl school was going to be on that bill originally, and it was yeah. one other band. I'm yeah. not sure. I don't know if you know who it was. It was no, Holy, a Holy Rage, which is Val Atkins band. Diamond had a girl school. I thought there was one more band on there. Maybe if Reese remembers, she'll type it in. Yeah, uh, it's might. a shame we couldn't get them all, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I got. I don't know how Diamond is even going to fill up BB King's. That's a pretty decent sized place. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, you know, unless they don't like to get like this, because I think it's the first time they're probably here in New York, or one of the first, a few times, they'll probably get a lot of people that don't want to go just to say they saw them, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Hang on, I think I got the uh, Barrett on the line here, so let me uh, connect them. Hey, Barrett, is that you? Yes, it is. How's it going, hey, man? How are you, man? It's good to talk to you. Not too bad at all. Uh, it's good to have you on. We only got a few minutes left in the show, so I'll try to get in as much as I can before we run out of time. Okay. Sounds great. All right, man. So you got a brand new record out, or is it, or is it getting ready to come out? The Oracle, what was, is, and could have been. Yes, it uh, actually came out on Friday on the 19th, so it's just oh. new. Great. That's a big title, man. Did you have to pay for each letter on the font to get on the cover? <laughs> Not necessarily. And for <laughs> you know purposes of ease, we're just calling it The Oracle. <laughs> okay. But didn't you have an EP out a while back called The Oracle 2? Was that something different? Uh, kind of. It's uh, this is actually a re-release of that EP. We did a when that one came out. We did a very, very limited run, about 50 copies only, and uh, it was mostly just to kind of. It was a essentially a pre-production album that uh, you know helped us get some new songs out on the road. But it was uh, so well received and so well reviewed that we figured, you know what, screw this half measure crap. Let's uh, go back in the studio, make it a full length, and uh, do a wide range release. So here we are, six months or a year later. Did you re-record everything? Are there new recordings, or did you just remaster the old ones? Um, it's a little bit of everything. We went back and we tweaked the old ones a little bit, redid some of the guitar work. Um, a lot of it, we always kind of, when we do our pre-production, we record in kind of a final version quality, so we didn't have to change too much, but we touched up some of the vocals to make sure it was exactly how we wanted it after having a few months to listen to it. And uh, So the original songs on there, they're fairly close, but we added some more keyboards and stuff like that, and then the new songs were five brand new tracks, right from scratch. Oh, cool. You know, you, you're, yeah. One thing I have to say about your music is that there's like no boundaries in what you do. I mean, you can have an acoustic song and then you go to like some of the harshest stuff that's ever been heard. I mean, it's got to be liberating to be able to, you know, just play what you want and not have to worry about, you know, appeasing to anybody. It absolutely is, man, and that's, that's why we love this project so much. We're not... Uh, it, collectively as a band we have no specific goals we're not trying to do anything with our music we are very literally just playing songs that we absolutely love and that we feel and that's the boundary you know as long as we love it we'll do it kind of thing and it's it, it's a great as far as i'm concerned it's the only way to approach music you know you look back on you know at the people who innovated their genres you look at guys like the Beatles or Elvis or Black Sabbath or something like that and if they were thinking hey you know what we should play what's popular now on the radio we wouldn't be where we are so I'd love yeah. to see more musicians thinking like that yeah I, I agree with you 100% because after a while you feel like you you kind of get typecast I guess with a certain sound and you feel like you have to keep writing like that because that's what the fans want but right off the bat you give you know you give so such a variety in your music that the fans will never say well it doesn't sound like all else fails this doesn't sound like all else fails no matter what you play, it's going to sound like you guys because your touch is in all those different genres you got mixed into it. Well, I think that's really cool that you hear that, man, because that's, I mean, that's exactly what we're going for, and that's always the plan. And, you know, whether they say it always sounds like us or it never sounds like us, either one of yeah. those is fine to me. <laughs> sure, I don't know. As long as I buy the record, that's all that matters. 
<laughs> well, and more specifically, as long as they enjoy it. True, very true. Um, I think they will. This is a great high-quality record over here. Uh, did you guys put this out on your own? Yes, we did. Yeah, I uh, started an, indep- an independent record label up here uh, for the sole purpose of being able to release our own records and uh, support our own band in the way that we feel is the best approach. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is a DIY project right from the beginning. We did absolutely everything on this disc from writing and tracking to release and publication and everything. Wow. It's an expensive proposition, I'm sure, for a band to go through that, but I guess the reward in the end is that it's all on you, too. Exactly. I mean, a better part of the year to get this album out for sure and, you know, hard work every day kind of thing, but the reward is immense. Is the label specifically just for you guys, or are you, are you, are you interested in other bands, you know, uh, getting them on there, getting their stuff out too? Well, we are, um, and that's something that we've talked about a lot with it, but, uh, and it's certainly something that I'm never going to say is not is impossible or is not going to happen, but to be honest, it's something that's kind of been pushed a little bit by the wayside just because I'm so busy with our project. But, uh, you know, one day when I get to free up the day job time a little bit more and have the opportunity to work with other bands, I'd love to take it as a developmental label um, and take other young bands. And I mean, we have made every possible mistake a band can make by this point in our <laughs> careers, so you know, maybe we can help some people avoid some of those things and skip them ahead a couple of years at the beginning of their careers. I, I would love to be able to do that someday. That's, that's a great thing, and it's not a thing that a lot of bands do because it seems like most bands want other bands to fail. Some sh- it's a crazy reason I don't understand why because you know we're all in this together the bigger the scene grows everybody benefits from it and like you were saying uh, if you could teach other bands like, hey listen we did that don't go there and do it it's only going to hurt you down the road I think that's a great thing and uh, a lot of young bands if they listened and took it in would really appreciate that kind of uh, you know help well I think so too and I agree this is I mean the music community is a community and it should be that way but I think a lot of stuff is perpetuated by uh I mean, I'm not sure. Every city is a little bit different, but there's a lot of this, this new trend by a lot of promoters and that sort of thing is that is to do these Battle of the Bands events and that sort of thing. And all that really does is kind of breeds discontent between the bands and, you know, you get everybody working really hard for no reward. And that sort of thing certainly leads to this bands wanting other bands to fail kind of thing. Whereas, you know, if you get let's say for a live show, you get five bands on the bill or four bands on the bill or whatever, you should want every other band to be, you know, you should be going to your friends like, this is a fantastic band, you should come see them because they're great and also we are playing and, you know, at the end of the day, everybody is happier that way. Yeah, you know, I agree. It, it's, it's a funny thing and how how are the shows up in Canada? I mean, uh, is, you have a nice sized crowd up there, things working out well up there? Are you, are you looking well, to branch out? Yes, yes and no. I'll, I'll be honest with you, the music scene, especially for metal in Canada, is, is really hard right now. Um, there's a, a thousand really, really fantastic metal bands here, but the trends, and I hear it when we go on the road and when other bands come through here, I hear the same story from every band. It's getting harder and harder. Less people are coming out to shows in general. Even the bigger bands are stepping down into the smaller venues, which makes it harder for indie bands and that sort of thing. So I know we're not the only ones thinking this, but it's time for a lot of the Canadian, the active Canadian bands to start branching out. Uh, we just finished our last Canadian tour, and honestly, there's, there isn't another one in the near future for us. We're looking at going into Asia, and we're looking at going into Europe and into the States, because it's just the, that's where the metal markets are right now. Um, so it's actually kind of, it's, it's really difficult to be in any band in Canada right now. Really difficult. I'm sure, like, you know, like, like here in the United States, we're a big place, a lot of states, but Canada is massive. And, you know, just just getting around I got has got to be trying in, in a lot. And that's... 
Yeah, that's the hardest thing. It's the travel times between cities that makes it really difficult for us, whereas, I mean, even in the States, you can kind of circle around a little bit. Everything yeah. in Canada is a straight line, essentially, from one side of the country to the other for the show circuit. So you go all the way from coast to coast, but instead of doing that and playing the interior and being able to hit, you know, 50 or 60 or 100 shows, you're hitting 20, maybe, if you're lucky, and that can sometimes be you know, 1,500 kilometers, whatever that is in miles <laughs> between yeah. shows. And uh, it's really, really hard on the gas cost, and that just makes it that much more difficult. Yeah, especially the gas right now. Right now. Yeah, uh, all these people don't realize. <laughs> yeah, all these little things, fact, like, oh, how come you don't go out on tour? Why don't you come here? How come you don't come here and play? But they don't realize the expense of, you know, packing up and going from place to place and then having to deal with, you know, the individual clubs and the promoters. It's it's like a nightmare, especially for being trying to do everything on their own. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, God bless you guys really for, for dealing with that. <laughs> well, thanks, man. And I mean, the the hope is that you get a few of those under your belt. You prove yourselves on the road as a sustainable band, and then you know the hope is to always move on and jump onto a bigger tour, being the opening act for somebody larger, and that makes it feasible again because there's money involved in those shows. Yeah. And but you know that's obviously easier said than done. <laughs> I know, I know. Like you know, if you go back like it's like 30 years ago, metal's getting you know getting rolling and everything. A band had to like you know start out in, in their neighborhood in the community and and just like by word of mouth work their way around. Today you have the internet, which is a massive you know uh, instrument to use to promote a band. Do you look at it now like you know we're a band from this part of Canada, we're gonna like focus on that area, or do you just automatically like say hey let's go global because we can reach that audience just as easily? Yeah, well it's. The Internet has been a blessing and a curse. I, I mean, at the same time, on the one hand, it makes it easier for everybody to get their own music out, and, you know, especially like in the Haiti of MySpace and that sort of thing with Facebook yeah. currently. I, it was a great tool to be able to really expand yourself. The only problem with that is that it also became, well, kind of the problems are twofold, is that it became very easy for every band out there, regardless of level of quality, to be able to do the same things, which suddenly goes from, hey, there's, you know, a hundred bands in this area who are really good and who we can are a good resource to, you know, a million bands. So it becomes harder to for the booking agents to they have to sift through so much more. But at the same time, it, the record industry hasn't really still been even with iTunes sales and all that hasn't been able to adjust to the free download thing and hasn't been able to find a new source of revenue. So it's uh, it's decreased tour budgets for everybody across the board. So there's been there's been ups and downs to both. And I mean. As far as I'm concerned, people want to go online and torrent our music and download it. That's still awesome to me because it means that people care enough to be, even be bothered to do that, which is fantastic. It just means that you know the revenue stream has to come in from somewhere else, and it's certainly doable. But it's the record industry is 10 years behind. It needs to catch up with everybody else on earth, and then things will start getting easier again. That's true. You know, you would think that they would be more and more on top of it. I know they got kind of blindsided, like when it first started. But, you know, after all these years, like you're saying, 10 years later, I mean, you know, something should have been done. You know, they just haven't gotten on it, and I don't understand why, yeah. because, you know, they're affected more than anybody else, and I can't figure it out. Yeah, well, they've taken the wrong approach, most of the big guys. Instead of finding a new way to fund their projects and to keep their bands on the road and to keep music being an income source, instead of being creative and coming up with their own way to do it, what they've started to do is uh, is the record deals are crappier than they've ever been now. <laughs> so instead of just taking kind of album sales and all that, which, I mean, is, is always a hard thing on bands because, I mean, a good record deal is still essentially just a high-interest loan to yeah. record a good album. Yeah. It just has promo behind it. But, 
now they're also instead of finding a new way to bring in money there uh they're going after different things from the band so now it's now we're getting a massive cut of your show tickets and a huge cut of your merch and that makes it even harder for the bands to go out but and because it's doing that and because they're able to tour less the record label is making even less money off those things still so it's I don't have the magical solution, but there's got to be one out there that's better than the current, you know, climate that we're seeing. But, you know, it's only a matter of time. Somebody will go, hey, you know what, let's do it this way and it'll work and we'll be back in business, you know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They'll come up with something. I Like, I was, they're always talking about, you know, they got to stop the illegal downloads. And I always say this every time I talk to someone. I'm like, you got these like ten year old kids that go on the internet. They click like three, four buttons. They send a virus that shuts down ten million computers, and they can't figure out a way of just stopping people from downloading albums. They well, that's the thing, out. right? <laughs> yeah. And it's not even that. I don't even think that they need to necessarily stop the downloads because um, that's still not the worst thing ever. It's I think more just that they have to find a way to take those downloads and be able to draw in revenue from that. So even let's say they start you know, EMI or whoever decides to start putting out all of their albums for free download all the time, which would mean that you're getting a really high-quality, proper version of the album. Um, and then from their website, because you get a huge amount of traffic for that sort of thing, uh, start taking advertising fees and bring in revenue that way. I mean, if Netflix can do it, then everybody can do it, you know? Yeah. So there's yeah. got to be a better way to do it. And stopping it is just let's be honest, it's just never, ever going to happen. There's no way they're ever going to be able to stop it. Yeah, you know, as soon as they figure out one way, somebody pops up with something new the next day, and and, and it just keeps snowballing on and on like that. But yeah, you should go out and buy your record, because the Oracle is a top-quality album. So many great songs. You know, I, if, at first glance, you would almost think it was like a theme album, because the songs, like title-wise, they all kind of like seem like they belong in like, a, like one story, but they're not. It's all separate songs. Yeah, really the theme to this album more than anything else is just, it's uh, and where the, the long title itself comes from, especially the subtitle under the Oracle, is that it's, it's a theme album in the way that it's a bit of a view of our kind of history as a band, because we have some older songs on there, which is the was of the title. We've got some brand new songs, which is the is, I suppose. And then we have, you know, some kind of random tunes. Of, we've got a remix track of the section of Fall, and we have an acoustic version of This World in Flames, and then we've got Robots, which is kind of all on its own thing. Um, so in that regard, it kind of is a theme album, but um, like lyrically, in the content, it, it certainly isn't. It's, we wrote the album to have a flow to it and a cohesive feel, but every song tells, like you said, its very own story. Yeah, it does. And, uh, but, you know, besides guitar and being and the lead singer, do you handle all the vocals on the album, or does somebody do the other vocals with you? Because it sounds like there's two of you. Yeah, there is two of us, actually. I, uh, I'm i kind of the lead, so I do maybe 70% or so of the screaming vocals, and uh, the other guy does the other 30%, and then the rest is, you know, I do most of the clean vocals with him doing the harmonies underneath it, and, you know, a lot of back and forth. So uh, we we, def- we don't have two full-time, full-time singers, but, um, you know, definitely two vocalists on the disc. Oh, it sounds great, man. It's so full. I mean, it's an amazing sound. Well, thank you very much. It's it's always good to hear that. <laughs> That's great. Well, Barry, I only got about five minutes left, and I want to get on a song. So I want you to tell everybody sure. what's coming up in the immediate future for the band. Um, well, we're uh, we're just getting off tour right now, so it's uh, it's a small amount of downtime. But the, like I said, we're looking to hit uh, to kind of go overseas and do some touring. So what look, is looking like the immediate thing is going to be hitting the Philippines over the winter here, so we can escape the brutal Canadian. Ah, uh, God bless you. Know, <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> Who's better than you going on uh, into the Philippines? 
Yeah, that's, that's the hope, man. So as long as everything keeps going according to plan here, that's, uh, that's what we'll be doing and looking at uh, looking at Europe in the spring. That's great, man. You have a great time in the Philippines. And before you do anything, just give a reach around because some of those men, women, are really men. you got to be careful over there. <laughs> it's always you worth dipping the double check, right? <laughs> give a little look. Absolutely, well, man. Right. I appreciate Thank you very much, advice. man, for calling in. I really do appreciate it. I'm going to get on Rebirth because that's my favorite song off the CD. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show, and uh, glad you liked the album. Anytime, Barry. Thank you. Best of luck with the band. Take care. Thank you.
getting into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to thank all my guests tonight, Ronnie Sticks from Blood Red Skies and Barrett Glesko from All Else Fails. That was a song called Rebirth off the band's record. That's got a long title, like I was saying, The Oracle, What Was, Is, and Could Have Been. Yeah, I thought you were goofing on him when you said that. But no, you give realized... me like a, a gatefold album to put that title on. Yeah, you can't put that on an MP3. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bad thing about MP3s. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we need them, I, but I'm just saying. I copied the MP3 from 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 my computer to uh, when I put it on like a CDR that I want to run in the car, and it won't let me copy it because the title's too long. So I got to cut the, all the titles down, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. But anyways, pain in the ass. But yeah. Well, that's it for today's show, ladies and gentlemen. I am on vacation for the next week, so we will be back. You well deserved and have a great time. I will. We'll be back September 1st for the Metal Matinee. Uh, let me see what I got lined up that day. It's uh, Metal Mascots. I'm playing bands that have mascots, like I mean, has Eddie and. Uh, yeah, cool. Bonehead has uh, Snaggletooth and uh, Vic Rao has a Metalhead song. That's what I'm playing. And if I'm correct, I believe that's our 300th show, too. So wow. It's a lot of shows, man. You've come a long way, baby. Yeah, 300 shows. And I think the week or two after that, we have a three-year anniversary show. So I see if I can line up for that show. But the first uh, Sunday show when we get back is the fourth Labor Day weekend. You know, if you're not here because of the holiday, just catch the podcast. Neil Turbin of Death Rise and Anthrax and Blaine Gilbert of November. I guess that week. So I thank everybody for listening. T, I will talk to you when I get back next week, buddy. Have a great time, man. Hey, I always have a good time at Disney. As long as I can avoid the hurricanes... And the rain, because I never go in August, but Joey is going to be there with uh, Kim and the kids the, the, oh. the same week we're there. Yeah, they're coming Friday. We'll leave it tomorrow, so I'll catch my uh, buddy and uh, my goddaughter for a couple of days. So it's God fun. bless. God bless. All right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Have a great week. All right. You too. Take care. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. Heavy metal anywhere. BlogTalkRadio.com and Heavy Metal Mayhem. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.